Hey guys, producer Ben here. Before we get started, I wanted to share with you our sponsor for today, and that is the one and only Tiny Survival Guide and Card. You can get yours pre-ordered right now over on kickstarter.com, or you can get early access to it before Kickstarter ships over on patreon.com. Go get yours now. All right, let's get into today's Manly Musing segment. Okay, so in today's Manly Musing segment, we're going to be going over cold weather. We hope this is a very timely and informative segment for you to listen to. So let's get into it. Craig, take it away. Hey, everybody. This is Craig Cottle, the co-host of the Survival Show podcast and director of Nature Alliance School. Thanks for being with me, coming to you today from a very special place, my little office here at my house. I'll tell you why. Usually when I do podcasts, I like to go out to the wilderness and get inspired. I like to be in quiet places so I can think and consider things and make sure I'm saying what I want to say. And oftentimes in the rush of what's going on around my house, I don't have the opportunity to do that, so I get away. Today... It's several degrees below zero here in Kentucky, and two things that are preventing me from going out. Number one, for me to go out and use the equipment that I use to record these podcasts on, it's going to freeze, and it's just the battery is going to die. <laughs> it's just going to happen that quick, so it's difficult. I've done anything from ranging from uh, getting the sticky hand warmers and sticking them to my equipment so that they stay warm. And last week, it, it just shut it all down anyway. I had hand warmers stuck all over the equipment, like five or six of them, and they still froze up and died within about five minutes. Secondly, if you don't have to go outside, don't go outside. So I thought, well, everybody will be okay with me recording from the house today. So that's what we're doing. And the reason that we're doing that, obviously, is because it's cold. But this gives us a good opportunity to talk about the subject. Producer Ben sent me a text this morning and said, hey, won't you do on your manly musing something to do with these code temps? And I thought, you know, that's a fantastic idea, and that's why producer Ben is the fine gentleman that he is. He comes up with great ideas all the time. And I already had another topic in the queue for manly musings, but I'm going to push that out to next week so that we can discuss some tips to help one another. Here's what I did on my Nature Reliance School community group. We have a group on Facebook called the Nature Reliance School Community, and it's a lot of fantastic people that have been students of ours, uh, whether they're online or come to a class, or they're just friends of ours on online. And uh, I put a challenge out to them, hey, can we come up with at least 50 tips to help people with these co-temps that are coming in? And the Nature Reliance School family did exactly what they normally do, which is, heck yeah, they did that and then some. So what I thought I'd do is I'd go through these, and if I can add anything to these comments, I will, just to help everybody. And hopefully what I'm we find is that as you're listening to what we're sharing here, you hear something that maybe you hadn't thought about and it helps you. And we're probably going to try to get this podcast out earlier than we normally do, like on Thursday mornings, and just see if we can help some people. So as always, we appreciate you listening. Share this podcast with somebody if you think it'll help them. Number one, it's actually the first one. It's the one that I added to the list to get everything started. But if you have 
whatever heat source you have in your home, make sure you have a backup for it. Like I, my primary heat source is electric, but I have kerosene heaters as well as a backup. I cannot burn wood where I currently am for various reasons, and or if I could, I would. But if you burn fossil fuels like kerosene or you have natural gas or something of that nature, you need to have carbon monoxide detectors. And just don't bypass them, get them. Uh, anything that burns fossil fuel, if it burns inefficiently, will put off carbon monoxide gas. And when that happens, if you take in a considerable amount of carbon monoxide, then it basically limits the amount of oxygen to your brain. It'll kill you. And it's not like you can smell it, you can taste it, you can feel it. You just don't know that it's there. And what it does, instead of making you sick or something of that nature, it makes you sleepy. And you just go to sleep, take a nap, and you just never wake up. So make sure you get those carbon monoxide detectors. They're vital. Another one that we shared was have an extra battery for your cell phone. Uh, if you're out and about and something happens, you go off the side of the road, do the slick road, or your car breaks down or something, which is very likely in these temperatures, then you've got the ability to call somebody for help. And as I was suggesting earlier, hand warmers stuff will keep your cell phone warm. Keeping it close to your body will keep your cell phone warm. So if you have it inside of your jacket pocket, then put it inside there. But also always have an extra battery. And typically what I do is I bring my battery in each day and I just charge it just like I do my phone. And then I take it back out with me. Next one, check on your elderly neighbors throughout the week. And uh, as another person added to this comment, uh, elderly people tend to be isolated, more so than most, and they're often too proud to ask for help. So that's fantastic. Um, very, very good addition in there. So check on those. I called my mom and dad this morning, make sure their heat source is good, make sure their backup heat source is good. And so, yeah, I, I'm checking on my parents. And, and if you have parents or grandparents or friends or neighbors or something of that nature, you need to, you need to be checking in on them. Next one comes from my good friend Jim Cobb. He lives up in Wisconsin where the temperatures are 50 below this morning. One of the things that he stated, which is real good, is that furnaces have a really difficult time keeping up with the work that they have to do in those temps. So bundle up, put on some extra layers in the house so your furnace does not have to work as hard as it does for you to be comfortable. So if you're running around in a t-shirt and shorts in your home, which is, yeah, most people want to do that because... Hey, I'm home and we be more comfortable. Yeah, I get that. I do get that. But in these types of temps, you do not want that furnace to go down. So do what you can to help it so that it works efficiently. Jim added another one. If you have attend, uh, kids attending school this week, uh, let them sit in your car at the bus stop or take them to school. And another one I think he added on later on is that kids tend to have a focus on fashion rather than function. So if you see the kids that are going out and they don't have a good enough coat or hat or, or pants or anything of that nature, and they're going to be exposed. I mean, temperatures that are 50 below zero where he is and nearly 10 below with windchill where I am here in Kentucky, it's not going to take but a few minutes to have frostbite damage in those kinds of temps. So for exposed flesh, hands, face, you could really get in trouble really quick. Uh, Sam Wade, friend of mine, friend of ours, uh, he's, he helped us teach man tracking class last year. He's a law enforcement officer. He suggested to, to isolate non-critical parts of your house and, and, uh, make sure you don't have to 
heat those areas as well. Just make sure they're getting enough heat so that you don't the pipes don't freeze in a bathroom, for example, that you might not normally use. So you can close off those rooms and uh, maybe limit the amount of heat. You can change the vent settings so that maybe not as much heat comes out, but it still gets heat out so the pipes don't freeze in a bathroom, for example. And another one that was stated uh, that goes right along with this, several people stated this one, this is common, but maybe you don't know this, is let your set your faucets in the farthest part of your home away from where the water comes in to drip so that water is constantly going through and then moving inside the pipes in your house particularly through the night when you're not going to be utilizing them and what that does is it helps the water from freezing inside the pipes in your house and bursting next is if you have outdoor pets bring them outside that goes along with farm animals you can't bring your cattle inside I understand that but put out some extra hay rolls for them if you got chickens out there put some extra hay out there for them for them to get in some more insulated material set up a tarp so that they can get in somewhere where the winds not on they'll use it and that way you can help them get out as much weather as you possibly can it was one of the ter most terrible things when I grew up farming and feeding cattle of going out in temps like this which is one of the places that I developed a, a strong uh, sense of just embrace the suck and move on because you have to, when you have to feed cattle, you have to feed cattle. I mean, it doesn't matter what the temps or the rain or anything is doing. You've got to feed cattle. But um, one of the things I would always run into in these temps, I'd go to feed and there'd always be a dead calf somewhere and it just couldn't get, it was, they're fragile uh, and not necessarily a, a young calf, maybe even a yearling or something, but, but um, it's just hard, hard on animals out in the outdoors. So do what you can to help them get out of the wind, put extra hay out for them. The more they eat, the more they stay hydrated, uh, the better it is for them to stay warm. And that's the same for us too. Stay hydrated during these temps. What happens with hydration is your blood flow goes through your body properly when you're better hydrated. And your muscles work more efficiently when they're better hydrated. And so that helps you to stay warmer. So if you're dehydrated and it's cold, you're going to feel colder. However, if you're hydrated and it's cold, you won't feel as cold. So it's very important for you to stay hydrated in these kinds of temps. Moving on, uh, this is a good one. Uh, my wife and I just got back from LT Right Knives. I've just finally, a lot of people have been asking me to do this for years, and I've had an idea in my mind, but I'm designing my first knife that is different than anything I've ever seen before, really. And uh, we traveled all the way up to Ohio to see LT Wright at LT Wright Knives and work with him and design, see his shop, take some video and all that kind of cool stuff. But, you know, that's a six-hour trip on the road, and we were coming back as this weather was coming in. So before we ever left, I planned for it. You know, I had the gear in the vehicle because we were going through a lot of areas that I was unfamiliar. And this is true even if you're just going to the grocery. But have equipment in your vehicle so that if you go off the right side of the road or it breaks down, you can take care of your yourself. And also, and this is important, don't let the gas tank get less than, some people say a quarter tank, some people even say half a tank. So you decide what you think is best for you. The reason I say that is because if something happens and you have to sit in your car, you can sit and keep run the heater so that you can stay warm. Keep in mind though, keep in mind, that that also is fossil fuel. So if you have, for example, a, a prick hole even, a small tiny hole in your exhaust and that and carbon monoxide comes off your 
exhaust and travels up into your vehicle, your vehicle will slowly fill with carbon monoxide gas and that'll kill you. So it's one of those things that, and, and I've been working some security type work where I'm staying out at night in these temps and I have to run my vehicle at times. I just set an alarm so that I know that I don't, um, if something were to happen to me and I mean, I don't sleep at work, but if carbon monoxide gets into you, really don't realize that it's happening. And I used to work for a natural gas utility and it's tragic to see these sorts of things happen. And you just simply go to sleep. You don't even realize, hey man, I'm getting really sleepy or more sleepy than normal. And you just go to sleep because it's really dwindling, not necessarily, it's not really putting you to sleep as much as it's slowly killing you. And so you don't, it, it doesn't feel like you're uh, normal at all. So just be aware of that. If you're going to stay in a car and it's going to be running, you need to set alarms so that you can assure yourself that you wake up. One of the things that we did here at the house and uh, Rachel, who's come to a couple of our library programs, she said this in the, in these comments was make sure to have a supply of water. I mean, even if you do everything right and your, your pipes might burst. So keep that faucet dripping as well as, and we did this last night or my wife did is we filled a bathtub up with water in case we have some sort of leak or something of that nature. And then now we've got a, a supply of water to take care of ourselves. That's a really good one from Rachel. Another good friend of ours, William, Willem said, watch your pets and make sure they are warm and hydrated. They're no different than you. So that's why I was talking about those farm animals as well as your pets. Make sure, make sure that they are taken care of just like you are. Bring them inside if at all possible. Dress in layers, absolutely. When I say layers and what this gentleman is saying is layers, is that way if you go outside, like a lot of people have to go outside and work this, work in these types of temps, like farmers, like I grew up doing, then you've got to have those layers on so that when you go outside, when you start heating up from work, for example, you can unzip that jacket or maybe pull that scarf off from your neck or get the hat up off your head a little bit and get a lot of that heat, excess heat off, then bundle back up again when you start feeling that chill. That's the way I always do it is uh, typically when I go outside, I want to feel, and I'm gonna be working outside, I want to feel cold when I get started. And the reason for that is I know that as I'm working, whether it's cutting firewood or bushcrafting or doing survival type training or whatever it is that I'm gonna be doing, I want to be able to uh, warm up to keep myself warm and not get excessively hot so that I sweat. When I sweat, that's when I, especially if you wear cotton clothing, so avoid wearing cotton clothing. Especially if you wear clothes like that, then you're going to be you're going to be a hurting unit. And this brings up another thing. I was talking to my dad this morning, and I'm going to pick on him because he's not going to listen to my podcast. He doesn't do anything with technology. But uh, he was talking about he had like six layers of clothes on while he was out feeding cattle this morning. And you don't have to do that, you all. You just got to dress more uh, smart than that. So wear layers that are insulating layers, and particularly wear layers that shed the wind. A big example for me, I wear a Hill People Gear windsheeter jacket that obviously cheats the wind, keeps the wind off of me. But if you want a super cheap alternative, then just wear a ja uh, rain jacket in these type of clothes or these type of temps. Frog togs, which is something that is fairly inexpensive. You can get it from the big box stores. It packs up small. You can keep it in your vehicle. Put that on if you have to get down the wind. Wear that as an underlayer. And you can keep a lot of wind off of you. And, and it's amazing how much that'll help you stay alive and, and warm. Uh, this gentleman, this is kind of surprising out of all these. He's uh, Chris is uh, somebody that's been with us 
to a couple classes as well. He is, as he was writing this, he was watching his his uh, neighbor's house fully engulfed in fire. Fortunately, nobody was there in the house, and we don't know what the cause of it was, but more than likely, it's some sort of heat source that that had things that were too close to it. Another one of our good friends, Ernie Barnes, he is the chief fire chief here in my county. He, he commented this, maintain three feet of space around all heating equipment. Don't plug heaters into extension cords or multi-plug adapters. Don't cover extension cords with a rug. That's fantastic advice from a fireman. Uh, the, that again, he said that, but a couple other people added those in here and there as well. Again, anytime I hear something that's said over and over, I like to listen to it. All right, moving on. Polar fleece blankets. In, uh, wool blankets are good choices to have in that vehicle in your house for when the temperature, let's say the electric goes off for some reason or your heat source, whether it's natural gas, you run out of natural gas because you didn't plan appropriately, you don't have enough gas or what have you. Make sure that you have plenty of blankets. Cotton blankets are not going to be as warming to you. Uh, they're going to hold some moisture more so, more so than a wool blanket or a fleece blanket. Polar fleece blankets you can get for four or five dollars at big box stores there's no reason not to have some extra polar fleece blankets in your car i mean it's insane not to have those i'm a big fan of putting a, a box not just a couple but a box of hand warmers in a vehicle too we did that before we went on our trip to make sure we had plenty in case we went off the side of the road if you are going to travel tell somebody where you're going and when you expect to return home and give them an idea if you have any contingency planning where you you might very well find yourself. So that that's an incredible advice in case you don't show up. I did that again with my parents this morning. My parents decided they were going to have to go somewhere today after lunch. And I told them, you need to call me when you're going and when you get back. And they didn't like all that, but I didn't really care if they liked it or not. I told them they needed to call me when they go, when they get back. So uh, that's, you know, I guess it's time for me to be the bad parent. I don't know. But you just, you've got to be firm with people. You've got to be firm with them. You've got you've to make sure that you know when and where they're going. So if they don't show up, you can get some help to them. Uh, one person was talking about just be aware that cold weather, the air in your tires is going to condense. So if you're going to go on short trips, it might be worth your while to put some air in there. Um, one of the another guy came on, which is something I never heard before, is that the general rule of thumb is about one psi for every ten degrees in temperature change. So now that it's fifty below zero, for example, for some of our friends up in Wisconsin, you know they've lost five degrees of or five psi in their tires, and their tires aren't going to be efficiently working. Just keep in mind that if you're going to go on long trips. If you put extra air in your tires, your air, your tires will warm up, and so you'll have more air in your tires, and so you just need to be aware of that and, and just pay attention to it. That's something to definitely pay attention to. Don't wear a ball cap. Uh, Mike Cottle, no relations to me. He might even be a Cottle, I'm not sure, uh, but he's on our group sharing. He spends a lot of time outside like I do, and he... Um, was suggesting to not wear a baseball style cap while he's outside. Wear a toboggan, you know, a, a cap. I, I wear those Rotten Friends Nature Craft Merino wool caps. She makes great hats. I love those things. Uh, Mike, uh, Michael Cottle was talking about wearing a balaclava as well, as well. If you don't know what that is, that thing looks like a ninja face mask. Covers your neck, covers your face, 
covers your ears. A lot of heat escapes any exposed portion of your body. A lot of people will tell you that 70% of your body heat leaves your head if it's uncovered. Well, that's true, but it actually 70% of your body heat is going to leave your body on any part that's uncovered. So let's say you're wearing short sleeves, but you got a toboggan on, that heat's going to leave through your arms. It's going to put it off. So wear clothes that when that heat comes off, it doesn't retain the moisture that's coming off with it. Um, Joanne, uh, she's come to several classes. She shared just, they just renewed their AAA. That's a fantastic idea for people that travel a lot for, well, for anybody, but especially somebody that doesn't have the ability to get help, get AAA. And her suggestion was don't let your kids play outside regardless of how much they beg. I get that. If she doesn't feel comfortable with that, that's what she should do because they're her kids. She should do what her, what she wants to do with her kids. But my kids would have gone out in this and uh, I would have encouraged them to go out and experience it. But I'm just telling you right now, I either would have went with them or I, I would have stood at the door or the window and watched every second of what they were doing outside and made them come in soon. I think it's good to push kids a little bit, but it's not smart at all to just assume that they're going to do everything right because they're not. I mean, they're kids. They're new to being outside and stuff of that nature. And obviously kids that are small, newborns and, and young kids under two years of age that don't have the ability to make decisions to even poop and pee right is uh, something that uh, you, you need to make all their decisions. I don't know that I'd let that kind of child out. I would let older kids out and let them learn how to deal with hard times, but that's something to keep in mind. Next one comes from uh, Drew Stevens, and I'll tell you what I'm going to do. Drew shared some things. He's a wilderness first responder, woofer is what we call it in the business. And uh, he, he's he got a considerable amount of training. He works on search and rescue team. Uh, he actually used to be a naturalist at Natural Bridge State Park here in Kentucky. And I taught a survival class for him and that organization, the state organization there. And uh, he's got some things that that you should be able to recognize mild hypothermia and how to handle it. I'm going to read those last because he, he actually shared a page from the Wilderness Medicine Handbook, and I'm, I'm just going to read that page at the very end of this, so stay tuned or speed on down to it. You can put a clay pot over a large candle in warm, small spaces. People talk about this, and and people just other people don't believe it. It works. I've done it. Get a clay pot, the you know the burnt orange type pots. Put a candle underneath of it, particularly a large candle, and it will put off a considerable amount of heat when it heats that pot up. It's it's really interesting how that works. Uh, Josh Scott, real good friend of mine, one of my instructors in uh, tactical stuff. Uh, he also runs a business where um, J Scott mini excavation where he digs lines and stuff of that nature one of the digs lines and stuff of that nature one of the things he recommended which is fantastic is just know where your water lines are and where the meter are located in case you have a rupture and you can turn that water off at the meter and that way it's easier to locate and repair if somebody like he comes out and fixes things for you and um his organizations is you know stocked with fittings and pipe and any number of things so you can check in with him if you're here local he's down in the london area but i'm sure he'll travel and take care of people um let's say john miller said stay inside if you can it's really cold out that's simple that is simple but that's so wise really i mean if you don't have to go outside don't figure out a way to do something inside Tracy Tremble, another instructor of Nature Line School, he was yeah, yeah he suggested cutting off the vents in rooms that are not essential, and you don't have water to them. 
uh, heat pump struggle in these temps. That's really good. We kind of went over that, but maybe not exactly. I think that's got everybody that shared things. So let me go over what uh, Drew shared earlier because he, he basically, again, copied a piece from his Wilderness, Wilderness Medicine Handbook. And uh, it, it's basically... Uh, we, we talk about this and we teach this in survival class, but I'm just going to read what they said because this was really, really well laid out and I love it, is the signs and symptoms of hypothermia. Okay, hypothermia, if you're not familiar, is when your body gets too cold. Okay, that's that's a really bad situation for you. Normal cold response is cold sensation and shivering. Mild hypothermia is when you have the impaired ability to perform complex tasks, fine motor Shivering, apathy, confused and sluggish thinking, slurred speech, stumbling, and the umbles. That's when you just don't say your words properly. Sometimes I equate it when I'm teaching class, survival class, to it's similar to somebody being drunk. And people, when you recognize that somebody's doing that that's in cold weather, you need to pay attention to that. When things start getting severe, the shivering stops. Uh, muscular, your muscles will get incredibly rigid. And you have a very strong decrease in mental status, progressing to unresponsive and decreasing pulse and respiratory rates that may become non-palpable, possible ventricular fib fibrillation. <laughs> Maybe I'm cold. Man, that's a lot of big words for me. I'm sorry, I can't see them very well on this post. But basically what you're considering there is this, is that if you have... Uh, irregular heartbeat is what that is. Uh, the common terminology for that would be. And what I like to tell people, and I experienced this, I taught a class out in the code last week and I, I started experiencing this, is that people will shiver and then they'll start shaking to the point where they they can't stop shivering. Some people, when, when you see people shivering, say, can you stop? And some people will be able to stop. That's very mild hypothermia. Some people won't be able to stop. And when they can't stop, then they're getting hypothermic. And one of the things that I experienced last week is I went pretty quick right into uh, where I started getting muscular rigidity. What I started doing, and this is something else to recognize, is I felt a really strong sense to stretch. Like I just woke up, like, like I'm going to stretch out like I just got out of bed or something of that nature. And that is a sign that my muscles are getting tight. And so I started doing that several times. And I thought, man, I'm getting hypothermic. So I took necessary steps just because I recognized it. Here's some treatment steps. Change the patient's environment. So no matter where you are, uh, get them some heat. Find shelter. Get them, uh, get them off the snow if they're in the snow. Get them off the cold ground. Oh, my goodness, get them off the ground. The cold is going to zap the heat right out of their body or get them out of the water and definitely get them out of the wind. This is one I say for those that go out in a location and your car slides off the road for some reason, then stay in the car. Don't think you're going to be a hero and get out of the car and go somewhere. Uh, there's story after story after story where a family went off the side of the road, usually the dad, sometimes the mother as well, uh, or, or alternatively the mother, but more often the dad thinks he's going to be a hero, so he leaves the family in the car and he goes to get help, and the dad dies from exposure, and the family lives staying in the car. So... Don't try to be a hero in that situation. If you tell somebody where you're going and when you expect to return, like we recommended earlier, and you go off the side of the road, then people will be looking for you when you don't show up, and they can get help to you quick. Insulate the patient. 
Next thing is put them in a sleeping bag. Get the wet or get the wet clothes off of them first. Put them in a sleeping bag. Uh, add wind and waterproof layers. Insulate the head, neck, hands, and feet. Those are fantastic. Consider a hypothermia wrap, something such as a mylar blanket, uh, the heat reflective type bivy sacks. If you watched my video on Patreon the other day, I talked about my SOL bivy. I love that thing. If they have a ground pad, get them on the ground pad, get them off that ground. Add heat packs or hot water bottles. Insulate those to prevent burns. So you can take a water bottle. This is another reason I talk about metal water bottles being the best choice. Take that metal water bottle, heat it up in a fire, put it inside a sleeping bag with them, and it'll help warm them up, help heat up the sleeping bag. Add calories. Encourage the patient to eat. Make sure that you can give them some warm, if nothing else, warm water to heat up their insides. Just avoid non, just enjoy, just avoid, uh, caffeine and alcohol. You do not want to be drinking alcohol or caffeinated beverages because those are going to uh, make the problem a lot worse. So you can have somebody do jumping jacks just to get their body warmed up or just run in place or something. Uh, that's for somebody that's mildly hypo hypothermic. I had a student in class last week where it was cold and I had a student that was doing exactly that. She was getting cold. She didn't have the best layers on. So we just had her run in place a little bit warmed up her legs, warmed her up. She was able to continue the class, and then about every five to ten minutes, she was doing some more of it. So make sure that if something like this happens and it gets severe, and particularly in a wilderness situation, you don't have help, then make sure that that person gets several hours of rest, plenty of hydration, and food intake whenever they you can get it to them. So for very severe hypothermia, where somebody is shaking uncontrollably, uh, do everything you can to avoid rough movement and any exercise. That's just going to exasperate the problem and you could cause injury from that. Make sure that you administer warm, humidified oxygen if available. Assist breathing for 5 to 15 minutes prior to movement. Anything that you can do if you are a woofer and you have the material to do this and they're unconscious, for example, you may have to very well help them breathe in these situations. That's why it's good to study wilderness first aid. It's also good to study basic first aid, get that kind of training, and make sure that you package them. If you remember, uh, if you've ever had a child or if you've ever seen a child that looks like it's wrapped up in a little papoose or what have you and keep, keep them all warm and all that kind of good stuff, you're going to do the same thing with a person that's hypothermic. You're going to wrap them up so that they can't um, thrash about, stuff of that nature. Every bit of body heat that's with them is going to stay with them. And that way you can help them to stay warm and keep all the body heat that is with them in them. One of the things I say in survival training all the time is your body is the only heater you take with you. So if you set it up for success, it's going to succeed. If you set it up for failure, it's going to fail you. So do everything you can to help that body stay warm, keep that body heat that's there. And uh, whenever possible, you have a heat source like hot pockets or hand warmers or whatever, uh, warm those water bottles up. You can put those in with that person is too. And obviously, anybody that's had severe hypothermia need to get them to medical attention to make sure that they're going to be fine so that you can have a qualified practitioner of medicine look them over. So that's you. That's it, you all. Uh, I usually do the 15 minutes for Manly Musings, but I think it's worth our while to throw out this 30-minute one. Looks like we're sitting at about 30 minutes here. Again, this wasn't incredibly organized. It's just, hey, just listen to these. Hopefully, you heard something you never thought of. 
And if you have others, then wherever you're listening to that, you can share them with us and we'll do everything we can to get that information out as well. And so check it out. Patreon. Check it out, Patreon. If you're not part of Patreon, you need to be. I'm just telling you. I'm just giving you some insider help here. Check us out on Patreon because we're getting ready to start giving away knives and all kinds of crazy stuff to our Patreon supporters because we like the people that take care of us and we want to take care of you all. So check us out over there. The Tiny Guide is out. Kickstarter's crushing it. It's doing well. We want it to do better because uh, we always want things to go better, right? So check out the Kickstarter for the Tiny Survival Guide. Uh, we'll have d links for those in the description below. So make sure you check that out. Thanks for supporting the Survival Show Podcast. Man, we love helping people. David and I absolutely love being able to help people. And so you can help people by sharing this, subscribing to it, give us a five-star review, and tell everybody you know about it. And that way we continue to do everything we can, everything we can to help people. So that's been Craig Cottle. That's me. I am the co-host with Mr. David of the Survival Show Podcast and the director of Nature Reliance School and author of several books, so check all those out too. Central Wilderness Navigation is coming out real soon, so you'll be hearing more uh, about that from me as well. But again, check us out on Patreon. I've got some slick blades I picked up at uh, LT Wright's Place we're going to be giving away, and David's got all kinds of stuff too, so check it out. Take care. Stay warm out there, you all. Do everything you can. We want to keep you as friends here on the podcast, and we want your family and friends to be able to keep you as family and friends out there. So stay warm. Do what it takes to do so. See you next time. All right, guys, that wraps up today's Manly Musing segment. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you learned a lot. Stay warm out there. And remember, keep it simple, be positive, and stay sharp.